Hey, Nora. Hey, Sandy. Ooh, you singing to me? I mean, it is summer and it's hot outside, which I hate, but <laughs> it's so nice to see so many people on the street. I love that it's hot outside. It's my favorite <laughs> thing, except for right now where I'm recording under this massive blanket and I have to turn off my AC so that the people who are listening to us can't hear the sound of a fan in the background. Maybe this should be a shorter episode. <laughs> I don't think people appreciate how much we suffer for the art of this podcast. <laughs> Especially you. <laughs> it's torture, man. It's pure torture. Especially me. What does that mean? Well, because I mean, my I don't have to sit under a blanket. Like I'm sitting under many blankets, but I've got a lot of space. So I'm, I'm moving around. I have a liter of... Um, carbonated water this is going to be a great episode (laughs) (laughs) okay rub it in what are we talking about so because today's really really hot um you know i was on the bus and it's the start of the summer festival in quebec city and so uh, the bus was just super full and i was like standing literally in someone's armpit while i also had someone's like purse jammed into my back and I was really feeling like quite intimate with people I'd never met. <laughs> and, what a lead. And it's it's kind of an amazing experience when you, you know, I, I left the kids daycare and I passed a guy who I know lives like two doors down from me. And he was getting into his car and I was getting to the bus and I was cursing the world because the bus was late. And so it meant that it was really full and I was really, really hot because the sun was really strong and all this stuff. But I was still able to have that experience that human interaction where you bump into someone you step on someone's foot they step on your foot and you're like oh sorry oh excuse me oh whatever it's in French so it's not like that and we don't I don't think as a society think very much about those kind of encounters and how really important they are to break social isolation and to get us interacting with real humans and somehow that has all been replaced by a stagnant fen of fake, sometimes real, horrible bots and trolls on social media. What do you think that's doing to us? That was like a really big philosophical question. I mean, you got to unpack some of that. that like, so why don't you start with the armpit stuff? Well, well <laughs> but, but I'm going to try to distill your question down. What, what do I think it's doing to us that we've replaced random, accidental, serendipitous, maybe sometimes not, interactions with our fellow humans, Mm -hmm. with trolls? That's the question? Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot in that question. I don't know. (laughs) Where are you taking us, Nora? The the reason why I I started to talk about trolls by by mentioning this like human normal interaction with average people that I experienced today is because we as like we don't think enough, I think, aloud. Maybe we think about this, maybe it preoccupies us, but we don't think enough about what is happening to us as a society now that we're spending so much of our time online and so many of our friends are online, like we're not actually physically with people as much these days as we were when, you know, you either go out and see people or 
you read a book and you get lost in another world, but you're not actually engaging with other people. You weren't, you wouldn't have been engaging with other people unless you're out with them or maybe talking to them on the phone. And this is, I think this is really changing our political landscape because, you know, you had said before we started recording that the hashtag defund CBC is trending. Mm-hmm. And so we're in this moment of incredible political reconstruction. Some people would say polarization, and I actually don't think it's polarization. I think it's the fall of like liberalism hiding people's divisions. But anyway, we can talk about that too. But the role that trolls have started to play in our lives to fill these real life interactions that we are more and more not engaging in anymore is is a really pernicious change in how we understand ourselves in the world and then how we come up with our own identity and where we fit into that world. Well, I don't know. I think you might be giving the trolls a little bit too much power here. Like I don't I don't know that I agree with you that it's completely replaced these happenstance accidental interactions we have. But I do think the question of what trolls are doing to us is really important because I think that in some ways, and part of the reason why I think this is so different and, and inter, like a, uh, the meaning of this in our lives is so different than like a, a random sporadic interaction is because, well, one, we're kind of obsessed with trolls. You know, when you get trolled, there's a bit of an obsession that happens, I, I believe, from most people, um, that could either be an obsession with interacting with the troll or an obsession with attempting not to interact with the troll. And number two is that trolls are wildly exploitable by political forces. And so uh, not just exploitable, you know, like fully controlled in some ways by political forces. And so that's like such so different than I think like a random happenstance interaction. And the other thing is that I I think that those things had had happened before in different ways uh, with different timelines and to different intensities. So now it's just everywhere we turn. Well, there's no peace from it, really. If you're if you're spending a lot of your time on social media, which you know we are, and a lot of people are, you always have this voice in your head coming from some corner of the internet that that hates you, <laughs> or that wants you to. Well, or maybe maybe that's just I me. Mean, you you more than most, and <laughs> me more than most. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it, it's interesting to think about. You know, there, people try to make a lot of parallels to rising fascism in the 1930s and what that looked like and what that looks like today. And and until recently, one of the pieces that was that's that's really been missing from the the parallels is that there hasn't been much fascist street violence. Now we did talk about some of that fascist street violence that we've seen in places like Hamilton and in Toronto. Um, there has been incidences in Quebec City in the past year for sure, and what i what i've been really thinking about lately is what the role that trolls are actually playing online like is this really just a campaign to get andrew shear or maxim bernier elected or is there something else that is much more fundamental happening and the army of trolls and and when i say trolls i mean whether or not they're real some of them are real people some of them are not some of them are bots but the, the the combination of these actors coming together and, and actually forcing a political orientation either by pumping it out there indiscriminately to, to people's mentions or 
retweeting or harassing or silencing other people. I mean, we have not as a society even scratched the surface of what this is doing to our political systems. And I'm re- mm-hmm. I'm really puzzled by how poor our discourse is on this because like these folks have the power to destroy people. We have seen the the power mm-hmm. that these folks can 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 wield over certain people whether it's to get them to lose their jobs or whatever and it's pushed out by people who have a bit of profile you know the Jonathan K's of the world or or whatever and the impact is so fundamental on what people think that they can say what people think that they can't say how they understand a certain Mm -hmm. issue even if you Mm -hmm. fully disagree with something if you see the same message coming over and over and over across your platforms as people are responding to you and they look like they're real that has a fundamental impact on how you understand a particular Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's also like two types of trolls we could talk about as we're kind of delving into this and one is obviously the Jonathan K's of the world and the Barbara K's and the Margaret Wentys and whomever you know people who have a name that you can recognize online who get maybe a group of followers to do something that they've or to turn their attention towards something and to obsess over it. And uh, the other type is the anonymous troll. And I think um, the Internet's ability to make to allow you to choose anonymity and to choose to absolve yourself of responsibility or to absolve yourself of accountability for, for what you say and what you do has done exactly what you're saying. It makes it, makes it okay to think thir- certain things because all of a sudden there's a bunch of nameless people who are admitting to thinking something and then maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's not something you should be ashamed of. Um, I think that that's part of the way how trolls operate. And, um, you know, this as a society for uh for years we have this value around i guess if you're going to be speaking in the public sphere that it can't be anonymous whether that's with journalists who have uh really strict rules around sources and how to name them and how to verify them and so on or you know if you're running for something or um running a public institution how people need to know who you are um, people need to know what your decisions, the, the words that you're saying are coming from if it's supposed to be somewhere in the public. But social media and the internet has really, really shifted all that. And that, that removal of responsibility and accountability, <laughs> I think, is wildly responsible for a lot of the places that we find ourselves in politically all over the world today. Yeah, totally. Well, one of the, th- the things that happened last week, which I I really wanted to delve into and try to understand better, but I was just, it's, I started to bash my head against the wall looking at these people. But I I was in a thread that included Adam Vaughn, who's an, a member of parliament and a liberal member of parliament. And he's the kind of guy that, uh, liberal, that uh, anti-liberals really hate. Like he's obviously marked. He doesn't get the kind of hate that, uh, that um, that uh, Catherine McKenna might get, but you know he he gets it. <laughs> and so the two of us were in a thread, 
And for like the next two days after like whatever the initial thread was talking about um, the post millennial, which is this like right wing bunch of weirdos who've like decided to like, you know, as we said last week, listen to this podcast and make certain make money basically off certain personalities on Twitter that they hate. They, they had tagged both Adam and I in something. And in this random thread, very random thread, like they don't post millennial doesn't have that many followers. And it's just a random thread. Number three down started to get tons of responses from people and every response was a a boilerplate either two things boilerplate fuck the liberal party of canada or fuck the cbc Mm -hmm. and we weren't talking about either of those things like there wasn't really any substance to this because it was just the post-millennial being like fuck these two and where there was a real person you could be like aha you two are obviously two peas in a pod you marxist scum or whatever the fuck like not super like creative or clever but something that perhaps wasn't generated by machine but the rest of the comments were very much like now oh adam vaughn has said something Hmm. i must make sure that i make this about defunding the cbc (laughs) where are they coming from i mean (laughs) like as i said i went through some of these people what the fuck is fueling this like who is paying for this and and, like these are not people these are not people that read the post-millennial and read every single tweet that they put out and then respond randomly to like the orders to go and pounce and and I mean it wasn't that many responses it was like 30 which is more than normal but for me for the course of two days to just constantly get these messages about the CBC and about the Liberal Party of Canada it was like Who's paying you guys to do this? And I mean, do you have any theories? No, no I, I well, I mean, I have I have some some theories, I guess. But like there's people that have managed to leverage social media very successfully. And we I'm not going to name them because they can fuck themselves. But like on the right, there are like th- there is a, a machine that that manages to twin mundane canadiana with very fucked up political talking points whether they be anti-immigration or anti-cbc or whatever and i mean partly of what's going on of course is that there has been a rapid there has been a rapid internetization of a generation of people who had never been online before and you know they're like mostly baby boomers and they're finding themselves wrapped in cbc uh, sorry, <laughs> wrapped in the Twitter sphere or Facebook, where it's just like, I don't know what drives or WhatsApp. Don't forget the WhatsApp family. <laughs> See, I don't I don't have that. So maybe you'll have to tell me about what that's like. Yeah, it's like Twitter in an enclosed space where the ball just keeps bouncing back and forth between the walls. <laughs> and you you may want to try to catch that ball and say, hey, this ball isn't real and everything that it claims is false. Please stop sharing this around. But you can't. It just slips out of your hand like a terrible game of dodgeball. And it just keeps going around in the enclosed room. It's so bizarre. And it's like so even on our <laughs> on our own page, like on the Sandy Nora um, Facebook page, like random guy who could barely spell two words correctly telling us last week's episode <laughs> no there's been no genocide in Canada and it was like in that case that guy I would say would, was real like he's from Prince Albert I don't look uh, you know we can send his messages to people maybe later and be like what the fuck is wrong with this man is he having some sort of personal crisis that you need to intervene on or is he just a racist fuck but I mean wh- the, 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 the harnessing that power of like that class of people 
to then become an army of trolls unwittingly or wittingly has been very interesting to watch the conservatives, small C conservatives, push this tactic out. While at the same time, anybody who who steps out of line finds themselves in a firing squad or in a meeting with their manager or ratioed or, you know, whatever for saying, you know, for, for example... Yes, chucking a a milkshake at a fucking provocateur from the right is like not a big deal and everyone needs to relax. And then all of a sudden you're fucking in trouble with your bosses, for example. Mm-hmm. I mean, the 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 role that that can like constructing people's political orientation online that, that the trolls play is intense. It's like it's to isolate, it's to injure and it's to to make examples of other people. While at the same time, the mainstream media has no idea how to write about it, how to explain it, how to confront it. I mean, the CBC, the campaign to defund the CBC is like so intense and the CBC is all over Twitter and they and, and the, the, you know, their journalists and the, and the reporting. None of it gets explaining this stuff right. And it's like you folks are in the cross, the crosshairs of this of this movement. How the fuck are you expecting to fight against it? Oh, you're going to run Donald Trump's fucking july 4th speech because that's like but do you think they all get it do you think that the 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 folks at the cbc are fully in the know of what's going on like do you think no i don't think they can can be right like i think that part of this is that um you know like it's it seems from where i'm sitting that the cbc at times you know it's not even just that they can't write about this or haven't figured out how to write about it or think about it it's it's that they they are like completely affected by it. Like they make decisions about how they're going to move forward um, uh, based on some of the the critique they're getting from these trolls, or at least it certainly seems that way. It seems like they're trying to mitigate what the trolls say they are, which is, you know, the trolls say that they're like this liberal left-leaning kind of situation, which, you know, any, for most of the people who are listening will know that that's not the case. Yeah, like how can they, how could they write about it if they're not necessarily always recognizing when it's happening? Like what if they see these things as, as many people do, just random, not contrived, Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. organized thoughts from people? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I struggle with is like, so the higher ups obviously don't get it because the the message has not gotten to them who these people are. But I know that folks who work the CBC, whose job is to clean the the comment boards and the message boards, or to see who who comments on their stuff, like they know, (laughs) like it's clear as day. And Mm -hmm. what I'm Mm -hmm. what I'm really like Mm -hmm. grappling with right now is what is this all going to mean for the federal election? (laughs) <laughs> because I mean, you know, we we've got some reg- regulations that have you know stopped some groups from doing the third party advertising, but that's not that's not going to stop ninety percent of the content that's generated online, generated by who and by where we don't know. And I'm I'm not sure if you saw there was like there was a national security report this week that says that you know that that the agencies are you know aware of foreign actors trying to influence. Uh, the Canadian election. elections, mm-hmm. right? The, but the, but the reports don't say who or a, or what or anything. So it's kind of like, what in the hell is this? This seems like or how? <laughs> yeah, like give you know, us it, something, please. It, it, like it's like scoop. We have been told something by like the Canadian security state 
great. That's fucking not a scoop. That's called a press release. But anyway, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're staring down this election and the, and the hate towards the liberals has been so incredibly intense. And the liberals have like pretty much left themselves open to a lot of that hate because they have been so mealy mouth, disappointing losers in the last four years <laughs> that it's, they, I mean, <laughs> tell us how you really feel. <laughs> well, that actually was bit like my censored version. Um, and so then I go back to like, you know, the my head in the armpit of a guy on the bus this morning or this afternoon being like, OK, so like where is the ground game to try and combat this stuff? Because the stuff online is only going to get worse. It's only going to get more intense. And the conservatives have figured out something like a game that works. And every time one of us steps out of line on the the left we are slapped like we are absolutely slapped we are made an example of to show average people what happens when you step out of line or or you know god forbid you make a mistake or say something that you regret or that you didn't mean to say i mean it's so bleak that i i I don't know how we get out of this anytime soon and i think that we need to come up with strategies that completely circumvent online like where we're weak online, which is that we, that the that the left does not have the same army of trolls and would never have the same army of trolls because the trolls are just so full of vitriol and hate and want to actually shut people down and want to actually silence people and silence debate. Somehow the popular notion is that that's the left doing that. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck, uh, fuck you, Brett Stevens at the New York Times. If you just read his uh, piece of shit column from uh, today, uh, which is not today, last week, if you're listening to this it's it's very clearly not just the right shutting down debate but they're shaping and 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 organizing debate in a way that hurts debate that moves goalposts that changes the terms of debate that that makes debate impossible actually because then you still have a group of journalists who think that we're going to win the disinformation wars by offering fact checking and and good information and it's like I don't want to hurt your feelings and the love you have for the the truth and for facts but disinformation spreads not because it's not been fact checked (laughs) yeah I think I've said this uh, on this uh this show before but I just think it's so remarkable how the right has managed to like figure out how to very expertly accuse their opponents of doing something that they are 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 like the leaders of <laughs> their opponents oh, yeah, haven't totally. even touched it it's it's so bizarre how well they've they've been able to do something like that but i think beyond beyond the like uh political actors and the political consequences um like there's there's another macro political consequence which is that all of this is controlled by very few corporations who control social media right and they have the ability to really either allow or disallow what we see and for whatever reason you know as as this as the years go by and particularly after the last federal election in the united states this has been more of a concern that facebook twitter youtube uh, and youtube in particular i think whatsapp uh for some other Uh, countries, maybe not so much the U.S. and Canada, are very, very influential and exploitable by trolls and 
uh, by people who have the money to buy bots or whatever. And, you know, that really begs the question, um, what are, when are we going to, like, force somehow someone to take control of these things? Is it that Facebook, Twitter, YouTube... Google, Apple, whomever else is trying to delve into these worlds just get to become more and more powerful and more and more responsible for what we see online Mm. without having any sort of check, any sort of balance to it. It's just all up to some board of directors somewhere of billionaires who are likely never going to be affected by the types of changes that the trolls are able to force in everyday people's lives. I mean, that's a big part of the conversation that needs to be discussed, too. And I don't know that that's happening enough. Well, and it goes so much so much deeper than just than just us on online. I mean, the the social media platforms have fundamentally transformed the media. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. they 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 are bloodsuckers. They 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 suck content dry out of media producers in Canada so, you know, any local television news outlet is not making any money anymore, but their stories go viral and they make money for Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. And it's like, so there's a transfer of money from like from local news to these international platforms. The international platforms all have a political orientation and their political orientation driven by profit means that it's going to be anti-democratic and it's going to be anti, it's going to be anti-sovereignty, like anti the ability of, of nations to make their own laws to, to try and put a lid on this. And then our government is so impotent, so impotent on these issues that they can't they can't even insist that any of these uh, corporations pay tax. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, t- there's tiny little like little startups and, and mom and pop shops that pay more tax that, than 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 Facebook is required to pay <laughs> to the Canadian government and on, on, on various transactions. And it's like until we have politicians that have the research and the language and the and the fucking guts to stand up to these platforms, we will find ourselves in a tyranny of these platforms. Well, you kind of already are. But I mean, because things are getting worse and because they're being exploited by a lot of different groups, but you know, let's stay with with the Canadian federal politics political situation. They're, they want to be they're being exploited easily by the right wing. I mean, it's going to take a government to stand up to Facebook and to Twitter and to Google and to insist that they that they respect Canadian regulations, but we don't even have regulations in place. There's, we we're so anemic on the on the way that we talk about. Um, how these corporations completely control and rule our lives it's it's really unbelievable like this week i'm not sure if you saw but there was like amazon admitted uh that that they keep all of the recording from alexa indefinitely (laughs) of course they do they need that data of course they do yeah they need that data to sell you things (laughs) yeah and people rush out to buy it right Mm -hmm. it's just like this surveillance that is that we have that we've accepted is really pernicious and you know it on one hand like there's ways to deal with it yourself and to try not to be as exposed as as many people are by like you know don't buy alexa or don't get a fucking smart fridge or whatever the fuck <laughs> but the reality is that it's not going to be solved by an individual solution at all like we absolutely need 
government to deal with this. And it's like, what I really, I mean, this is this is where the complete incompetence of the Liberal Party is laid bare. They have been taking it on the chin nonstop since they got elected. I mean, Trudeau is is like one of the most threatened politicians. His the the women in the Liberal Party are threatened constantly. They know how bad and pernicious this is, and rather than dealing with this properly, what you instead get are like a weird army of liberal trolls who like then just push out their own message, which is, <laughs> well, you know, you can't vote NDP because then you're going to get the conservatives. And it's like, why do I hate every liberal <laughs> troll <laughs> as much as I hate conservative trolls online now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so, and so if the liberal party who knows this, who knows the power of, of, of how destructive this can be, doesn't get it and doesn't have the the political courage to actually do anything. I mean, are we are we just like stuck with the tyranny of Google? Like, are we just fucked? Is that just where we're at? I mean, I um, I kind of I kind of think so. Like, I feel like we're in this uh, new political era that uh, we don't fully we're maybe not necessarily fully aware that we're in. It's like you know, in terms of corporations and so on, we've I mean, the the political system anticipated or responded to the idea of monopoly, like a particular corporation or company uh, really taking over like one sphere and pushing out competition and eating up everything else and driving up prices and blah, 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 monopoly. But does our political system have the ability to deal not necessarily with monopoly in terms of like an area that someone's selling but like monopoly in that you know the the people who are controlling this this discourse through the trolls because they control the platforms own so much of what we use in our lives it's like it's like a I don't know a macro monopoly I don't know what you would call that where you know they're they they run like how we shop uh, what advertisements we see uh, what television shows we watch, like it's it's all uh, connected. And a company like Facebook, uh, who announced last week that they were starting their own currency, it's like I, you know, like I I don't know, like are we are we getting to a place where these corporations are going to be so powerful that it there is no way to to regulate or control them from the public? Because if we're so reliant on them. You know, like po- we're asking political parties who rely on these corporations now to win, to connect with their base. To rein them in? Like mm, impossible. Like I think we're in, in a new space where this is like uh impossible. And so that you know, the trolls become yeah really important because they either legitimize or push whatever's happening at the top and I don't know I don't know like how does one stop like what are we in a place where it can't be stopped I not not using the current tools uh do I think that can be stopped like we we need a whole reframing and understanding of what we're really dealing with what's actually happening 
Oh, totally. I mean, think about the parallels to like the banking system where the banking system really does have tons of different impacts on your life and, you know, all of your money is there. And if you don't have your money, then you can't participate in society and all this kind of thing. And like, you know, at least the Canadian banks are regulated. Mm-hmm. Like at least we didn't have the same financial meltdown as they had in the United States in the same way because we have a, a banking system that is regulated. But we don't have a banking system that's regulated because like we had courageous politicians like they've just been coasting on a system that was set up you know decades earlier i it, when you look at when you look at how impossible it is for 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 the liberal party the conservatives for sure and the ndp although i mean the ndp's got a whole bunch of different problems i i would say but with the liberal party if you see how impossible it is for them to promise anything that is like big vision for example, like China just announced that they're going to have uh, another like the fastest train in the world. It goes something like 350 kilometers an hour. And I, I kind of just pulled that number out of, the, out of the air. So maybe it was like 370 or something like really, really fast. Right. I read this today. Mm-hmm. And and you're like, wow. OK, so China's a really big country like Canada is. And, and if you've ever been on a fast fucking train, um, they're really impressive. And you're like, wow, I can go from Toronto, Montreal in two hours. And the the liberals can't even promise that. Like they can't even like they, they come up with this goofy fucking infrastructure bank scheme to maybe fund some of these problems. Today, Trudeau was announcing an extension to the Montreal subway line that's going to be, uh, you know, four stops, I think, maybe five stops. And it's like, OK, so they can't even do infrastructure right. And <laughs> somehow they're going to fucking contend with like both the hand that is feeding them and that is slapping them non fucking stop. It's really I mean, if I could live in the woods and just stare down on society and have no impact on by their like not at all be impacted by their decisions, I'd be like, wow, like you guys are really fucked. Like this is a true conundrum <laughs> that you're mm-hmm. in. And um, with no signs that anyone's going to fucking be trying to get out of it, especially because between now and October, they're in election mode. And so they will be using the worst elements of social media to get elected. 100% they will. And then who's going to get elected? I mean, if the conservatives are there, it's like we might as well fucking literally just like stop being online. (laughs) Well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you look at like what 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 telecom corporations want, like is net neutrality going to be something that's saved by the conservatives or are we going to start to see like major major um, uh, Internet service providers throttling certain websites? Uh, Surveillance is going to be amped up like like even worse than it was under Harper because things have accelerated so much in the world of tech and, and what we're willing to accept. They absolutely will not regulate any of this stuff. In fact, they'll be fucking more than happy to open their arms and and do anything. I think that the telecom or the telecoms, the um, these these uh, international platforms are are wanting. And I mean, at some level, when all of your purchases, your private messages, your public messages, uh, all of this is like logged and, and kept by these corporations I mean, how free are we really? Like, we're so liable. There's such a liability on on our actions where everything that we do is logged and owned and and then turned into a profit by these corporations while our Mm -hmm. local democratic systems are crumbling, our local media is crumbling, all, all connected in this continuum to this problem. I mean, 
we are like powerfully fucked, really powerfully <laughs> fucked and, and really so fucked because the solution is not obvious and no one has it. And God, I wish I could say, and this is why everyone should vote with the NDP because they're going to fix it all. Right. And it's like, <laughs> well, this stuff, this stuff makes me very anxious because I don't have ideas <laughs> like I it it's just it's one of those things like I almost always whenever I can encounter a problem have an idea like I get some sort of um, itch about like a direction of how how it can be solved but I like this makes me really anxious because I can't see a solution and so short of completely changing the system <laughs> <laughs> revolution if you will i i can't i don't see a way through it like this is a really as you just in the in the last um comment that you just made like laid it all out i was like man that's terrible <laughs> it's extremely uh depressing we're just staring right into the dark and i just it just it i mean it's not going to get better before october no no. And so, I mean, I think it's only going to get it's only gotten worse since uh, since the U.S. election when it was like, oh, this can be done. Let's do it better. Let's do more. Ugh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, these corporations do control a lot of what the left says online, like a lot of the types of comments that the left might make are 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 very closely monitored, removed. Um, uh, accounts are, are blocked from access on the left a lot. But, you know, on the basis of, say, free speech or whatever else they want to claim that this is all about, the trolls on the right get to run rampant in this new online way of engaging, this new world. I... It's all it's all pretty fucked. Yeah. And and to make it even kind of worse, like the folks that do understand the technology and that really do know how to manipulate it, you know, they're they're not on our side. Um, I'm not sure if you saw last week there was an interview with Boris Johnson, who's a foreign secretary <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the yeah, for the conservatives in, in England and or in the UK and he's gonna probably be the president, right? And in and, and Boris Johnson's, like, reason to exist is that he's, like, a giant goof and, and he plays very, the, plays the clown very, very well. And some people are suggesting that maybe playing the clown is actually something that is not um, by accident, that it's actually quite a, a sophisticated political strategy. And so I'm not sure, did you hear about this interview? No. Okay, so you're going to love this. So he does this interview and he... And like doesn't like he gets, he gets to ask a question and he starts randomly talking about a hobby that he has. OK. And so here's the quote that he said. I have a thing where I make models of buses. What I make is I get old. I don't know. Wooden crates and I paint them. It's a box that's been used to contain two wine, bo wine bottles. Right. And we'll. And it will have a dividing thing and I turn it into a bus. Okay. I saw the interview and I was like, what the fuck? And so 
there's been a, a bunch of people that, but okay. <laughs> okay exactly no it's 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 like it's you shouldn't understand that so but okay. he so he goes on this big and the, and the interviewer is like what the fuck are you talking about you do what and it's like the end that's the story okay so he um there's articles that are written about this and and one in particular that's called how boris johnson's model bus hobby non sequitur manipulated the public discourse and his search results it's over at boing boing so uh, uh, written by Cory Doctorow. Mm-hmm. And Cory goes through how um, this bus thing managed to, to, to influence the, his SEO and what was actually popping up and what people were searching for about Boris Johnson. And so where the scandal of whether or not he beat his wife, because last weekend police were called to their house, right? And uh, a, a recording apparently was 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 made of a neighbor uh, hearing a, a violent incident in his house. That was downshifted to people searching. Did Boris Johnson uh, really? Does he really make buses out of wine crates? Oh my god! And it knocked out. I know. And it knocked out um, a, another uh, Brexit bus scandal thing. Uh, that I'm not going to get into because this is that you know gets too long. But anyway, but so he managed to to completely manipulate how that how people are searching for him and which results pop up based on what people initially understood to be a completely random, ridiculous non sequitur in this interview. And it's like I feel like the mask slipped a little bit here, where you can go holy fuck these guys really do know what they're doing mm-hmm. they really really do know what they're doing and we uh on the left uh have no idea we have literally no idea mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that some of that has to do with what you were saying before how like you know um the people who really understand this stuff and indeed are building it are just like not on our side so they can't teach us about it we just have to learn it on the fly and i yeah. mean what we're really talking about here, this has been a really heady conversation, right? It's like super philosophical about like, what does it all mean? But what we're really talking about here is that we kind of need a whole new literacy in order to get a, to, to, to get through the muck that this type of engagement creates. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about, again, that WhatsApp family chat where some of us in that chat are you know, literal, literate enough about what goes on online that we see some of the stuff in there and we can immediately tell that's, come on, you can't believe that family. That's bullshit. Um, but some people are not. And similarly, some people may look at Boris Johnston, Johnson saying what you've just described and say, ooh, I know what's happening and maybe even write a story about it because they recognize it, where some of us may not. And just think, oh, that's hilarious. Let me share this. I, you know, there's, we've got to have, we need to understand what we're really looking at when we're engaging with social media and what we're really doing when we're engaging with social media. And we are so, so, so far behind. The right, so much of the right, uh, what they benefit from is a lack of education and a lack of understanding of how our systems work and uh, social media trolls and so on is I think no exception to that rule and uh, you know I don't I don't know how we properly educate ourselves against this thing that just came behemoth that just seems to keep on changing I don't know how we do it maybe some of our listeners will have some ideas but I think that's that's a big piece 
of what we need is a new type of literacy. Yeah. And also to take chances and and take risks because we will be, we are shooting in the dark here. I mean, like just thinking, like as you were talking, I'm just thinking of the things that that actually we easily could do. And, And it's people that have like, you know, access to an audience or access to memberships or access to whatever, like really thinking about how to fuck with some of these tools rather than seeing these tools and saying, oh, Ontario Proud is so successful with these text messages. How can we be as successful with these text messages? It's like, no, Mm -hmm, fuck mm -hmm. these text messages. What we need to be figuring out is more how do you manipulate certain things about what's wrong with the press to go viral Um, or or well, as if we can go viral, because I think that that's a whole other issue. Sometimes going viral and most times going viral, you're made to go viral. But Mm-hmm. to stop playing the in the rules and to break those rules and be like able to get people's attention average people's attention and maybe journalists attention through a, a social media presence that is flamboyant and out there and honest and authentic I mean AOC is maybe the example on the left of being able to buck this trend which is you have to be super clever and smart and you have to write charmingly and you have to respond to stuff all the time. And she's doing it really fucking well and is making a difference. So, I mean, there mm-hmm. are some solutions out there. We just have to think harder for more. Agreed. Agreed. 